Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into this special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast, the People Buy from People series. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And this book, this podcast has been enriched by this guest that I have sitting with me right here. He is so freaking brilliant that his, one of his quotes was put on the back cover of People Buy From People. And when you pick up your copy of People Buy From People, you will see this freaking brilliant guy on the back cover. He is the founder and president of Spearpoint Solutions. He is the host of the YouTube show, What's the Big Idea? And I highly recommend you get connected, if you're not connected, with Bob Sager. You can find him on LinkedIn at Bob Sager, S-A-G-E-R, but you can find him here right now on this special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast. Bob, I did it again. I said Bobcast. I did it. I don't know why I've done that. When you were on the, the, the first time with me on the Intentional Encourager podcast, I said the Bobcast. But maybe when you're on, listen, when you're on anything, it's the Bobcast. So welcome to this special edition, my friend. Well, Brian, it's my pleasure to be here with you. And uh, I was just thinking the same thing, that it is the Bobcast when I'm on. You have done, listen, the reason that I wanted to have you talk about the chapter memorable is your tagline on LinkedIn, the hashtag freaking brilliant. And you go into that story on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I would highly recommend you go back and listen to Bob's podcast, the Bobcast. Yeah, the Bobcast. Listen to the Bobcast and 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 do that. Bob, let me ask you this. How memorable have things been for you since you came up with that tagline and began using it on your social media platforms? Well, I, I, I can tell you I do a lot of interviews and uh and almost to a T, you know, uh to a person, I should say, people bring that up. Right. They, they try to weave that freaking brilliant phrase into the conversation. And, it, and it's interesting. And I don't want to, I don't want to discourage people from going back and watching that other episode. Cause I think, I think we brought it in that episode. I think there are some nuggets there, Brian, but, uh, it, as strange as it might sound, it's not really mine. And, and when I say it's not really mine, it, you know, I procured it but my wife is the one that came up with that. And I, I would encourage people to go watch that episode so that they can hear the entire story. Uh, but when she came up with it, my jaw dropped. And, and so it, uh, uh, you know, I knew that that was, it's just one of those moments, right? One of those moments where you just flat know that that, that that is uh, golden. And so, I said, yeah, I'm using that. And, I, and how she came up with it, well, I won't spoil it. I, I want people to go watch that, uh, the previous episode that we were on together. And because um, I, 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 I don't want to discourage them from watching it because I think there's a lot of value there. Well, and, and Bob, here's the thing. That, and the reason I mentioned that is when, when, when I was getting, you know, kind of lining the people up with the chapters that I wanted them to do. 
and talk about memorable. You you personify to me memorable because every interaction we've had, whether it's on the phone or text or Zoom or whatever, and you and I have had a lot of interactions in the last year or so working on different things together, is that you intentionally make people feel memorable. You, you intentionally do that. You create those moments for people that make them feel like, man, I remember that time that Bob and I talked. I remember this time that, you know, I remember a text Bob sent me and things like that. Where did that come from in your life where, where you just began to, to see the value of creating those memorable moments for people in your life? Well, look, early on in my career, I was not that way, right? I wanted to be memorable for me. And, uh, but the, look, the problem with that is, is people don't really care about you. They care about themselves. And so if you want to be memorable to them, you've got to make them feel better about them. And, and I learned that. Um, as a lesson of effectively dealing with people that you've got to make them feel important. And look, when you study some psychology, you, you realize that uh, that is a pressing need, which is unsatisfied in a lot of people's lives. And so by making others feel important, frankly, you're going to be more successful. And you know what I found though, Brian? I found that making other people feel good about themselves, making them feel important, makes me feel good. And so it's uh, it's a win for everybody involved. So why not do it? Yeah. Well, and, and again, as I was writing that chapter, you know, I began to think about my wife's grandfather who was dealing with dementia issues and, and his mind was just so sharp for so long, you know, he started getting dementia at 95 and then uh, we, we lost him this past year at 98, but there were moments of clarity with him and there were moments where the dementia took over and, and anybody that, that has a family member like that knows that. But Bob, every time that, that you and I have talked, you have always been intentional about clarity in, in, in those moments of creating that value and building that value for somebody else. When you think about clarity, what's top of mind for you when someone says, Bob, you, you, you have so much clarity or you create so much clarity. What's, what is top of mind when I say that to you? Well, that's an excellent question. Uh, one I was not anticipating, but when I think about clarity, what it really boils down to is purpose. And I think in our life, Brian, when we feel like we have a purpose or we have a mission where we have a goal uh, and are working toward it, that's when we feel relevant. That's when we feel like our life matters. And when we don't, when we don't have uh, clarity, on what we're working toward, we feel purposeless and that's no kind of way to live. I mean, when, when people wake up in the morning without a mission and without a clear purpose, um, life is kind of a drag, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I say, you probably heard me say this before, 
you know, life is a four letter word. And if yeah. you can, and if you can make it a good four letter word more days than not, then uh, it's a fun experience. But if it's a bad four letter word, it's a drag, right? Well, and, and you have in your business coaching, you have really transformed a lot of people, mutual friends of ours that have told me publicly and privately the impact that you've had on people. And that was why I wanted to put that chapter at the end is, is creating those impact moments for people in their lives. And I talk about the impact my wife's grandfather's dementia had on us. I talk about the, the impact of, I, 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 there's a story in there, a personal story about being in a nursing home and, and seeing someone in, in a, a moment where they were kind of out of it mentally, but they created that moment for me. When you're coaching people, when you're coaching business owners, what's the one memorable thing that you want them to take away from that time with you? and the impact that you're trying to make in their life and their business? Well, I think what it really boils down to is introspection. A lot of people are looking outside themselves for the factors that are, are uh, creating or destroying their success. And that's rarely the case. It's almost always internal. And uh, so it, but sometimes, and I've found this often, Brian, what people lack is confidence that uh, they have what it takes. And so, you know, I, I heard an early mentor of mine say, you know, there are two types of courage. There's encourage and there's discourage. Yeah. And I choose to be an encourager and, and, Sometimes when you believe in somebody else, maybe more than they currently believe in themselves, you give them a reputation to live up to. And more often than not, they will. Yeah. Yeah. That's freaking brilliant right there, Bob. That is really good. Let's step aside, take a quick break. When we come back, I want Bob to share some of his memories from business and life with you. You're going to love the way that Bob brings those and, and ties them into this conversation. We're talking about being memorable on this special edition, the people buy from people series of the intentional encourager podcast back with Bob Sager here in just a moment on the intentional encourage podcast. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. 
Bob, you are are so good. I, I and you and I follow each other on on a bunch of different things. We're connected on Facebook as well too. You like to bring up memories of music and that's what you and I have a lot of that in common different genres I grew up on southern gospel quartets I grew up on four-part harmony you were more of a child of the 60s and 70s and I love the trivia that you throw out there and you've he's also got a Facebook page for his music trivia when you think about the memories that you have growing up around music and things like that what comes to mind for you around those moments in music because there seems to be when you forgive me for being a little long-winded with the question when i see that post or something that you post like that i know that something has sparked something inside of you and then you post it about that well you know what i have found is that music speaks directly to our emotional core and i didn't realize that uh, for really, I, I think it was probably less than 10 years ago that I realized that. And that's why music is such a powerful force. And because of that, music sort of becomes the soundtrack of our life. And, and so moments in our life, we can recall because there was a certain song playing. And when that song pops up again, and I found this, by the way, in asking some of the music trivia questions, I'll have people, I'll have people message me and say, listen, I so appreciate that question about whatever the song was, right? Or whatever the artist was, because I then went and listened to that song and, yeah. and, and it, and it took me back to a joyful time, right? Or it took me back to a time of transition or whatever it happened to be. And so music is a very powerful force and as a musician um or at least as somebody who plays music um it's it's just it's been a huge part of my life and and so um i just so enjoy it and and you know i like making other people's lives better and and by asking those uh trivia questions on you know i call that my fun hobby on my uh, music trivia facebook page I just so enjoy the engagement and yeah. knowing that that is going to uh, positively affect people. Well, you and I were having a, an interaction back and forth and, and you had asked a question about Billy Joel. And I said, Hey, I got one for you. Which one of his wives grew up in West Virginia? And right. it was his last wife that grew up in Milton. It's which is a neighboring town of ours. And uh, she went to high school in Huntington at a, at a Catholic high school. And so that's kind of our claim to fame, but you, you talk about song sparking memories and, and, and several weeks back, we had the Super Bowls at the time we recorded this. And I said to my wife, I found myself that day, YouTubing the Whitney Houston star spangled banner from 1991. We were in the Gulf war at that time. I, I was in college at that time. And, and I, and I, and I told her, I said, there has to be something that at every Super Bowl, that's the national anthem that gets played because I watched it, Bob, and I got chills all over again, seeing that moment where there was a lot of things in our country, but Whitney Houston, to me, so flawlessly executed that. I mean, it was brilliant. It was just absolute 
brilliance. And I said, there should never be another national anthem at a Super Bowl played, but that one. And then it, there's another one. If And again, I'm not – they've been great, great renditions. But when – when uh, at the Christian school that I, I still do some PA work for, if I don't feel like singing the national anthem when we don't have a national anthem to play – there is a version by the Gaither Vocal Band, G-H, or G-A-T-H, G-A-I-T-H-E-R. Yeah, spelling's hard sometimes, on the, on the fly here. The Gaither Vocal Band, that is a powerful rendition as well. Seeing five voices come together in an acapella version. And, and you're right, it's those memories that songs create. For you, is there a, a song that when you hear it on the radio, it, it immediately just brings something back to you? Do you have one of those particular soundtracks in your mind that that's like, that's that's a go-to for me? Oh, there are many. You know, I, and like I said, Brian, it's the, it's the soundtrack of our life. So, you know, when I hear, um, um, there was an old song, I forget the band is by, but it's called Hitchin' a Ride. Is from the early seventies, and it was my favorite song for a long time. And and I recall listening to that song um, and being at my grandmother's house in in the hills of of southeastern Kentucky. And and so it, it and there are a lot of moments like that. You know, there there are songs from when I was in high school. You know, where um, I remember driving back. Uh, on a, or riding back, I should say, on a bus from track meets and hearing uh, Jackson Brown load out stay. It, 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 the, probably the longest song ever, maybe other than Inagata de Vida. Yeah. But, and I were just, you just reminded me of this. I remember the whole bus singing along. They, they knew every word to that song. And the whole bus, the whole girls and boys track team singing along. What a moment. I mean, what, what a moment, right? And, and it's it's one of those things where, as I'm talking about this, Brian, I'm getting chills talking about it. Because it's, uh, it's one of those things that those are the memories that, that stay with you forever. And that's why I think music is such a powerful force. Uh, because it has the ability... When you're just thinking about that song, it it evokes all those emotions that were associated with with that moment, and it brings you right back to it. What do you love most about playing music? Because for me, and I'll say this, you know, and, and here's why I want to go there with you. I was three years old, and I write about it in the book. I was three years old the first time my dad got me up to sing in church. And so all I've ever known and done is, is church music, is singing in church and things like that. I still play and, and sing in the church that I'm in now. And I know for me, there's nothing better. And I love, you know, I'm singing choirs and things like trios. There's nothing better to me. And I don't mean to be sexist at all. There's nothing better to me than, than four-part male harmony. Like, that's what I grew up on. And you know, the, the blending of voices and I, and I've sung the high part in the quartet and I've sung the baritone part both. And it's, and it's both are equally intoxicating when you can make harmony with, with three other people or four other people. 
What is it about you that's so alluringly powerful about continuing to play music? Because you played music for a long, long time. What What is that that beautiful allure to you about continuing to play music? Well, when I when I think back, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate just slightly from your question because yeah, go I ahead. Back, please, please. When I think back to playing in bands, and when you're and when you're playing in front of people. And you and you absolutely nail that song. It's it's perfectly done, right? You're talking about four part male harmony, but in a band when you've got two guitars, a bass, and drums, and you've got somebody singing and you've got some harmony vocals there, and when you nail that thing and the crowd goes wild, it makes all of those hours worth of practice. And people don't realize, I think, how many hours go into not only practicing by yourself to perfect your instrument and your technique, but all the hours practicing with the band behind the scenes to play that one or two hour show. It makes it all worth it because it's, it's, the, it's a moment, I was going to say self-actualization, but it, it's a moment that just doesn't get better. And it's as, as a band, as a band and as the people hearing the music, you were in that moment. It, it was one of those perfect moments in life, right? Where you hit that last note and the crowd goes wild. It, it's, it, there's nothing, there almost aren't words adequate enough to describe how good that is. Well, and, and I love what you said there, and I love how you captured that because, again, you're right. It's the hours of practice, and it's and it's practicing by yourself. I'm going to shelve that for just a minute because I want to extrapolate a little more conversation out of that. But you said something there that was just incredible. A lot of people don't realize that when you go to see a band perform live or you go to hear a singer perform live, that you have admired, that you know their work, and you you have listened to their work. There's one or two songs or notes that resonate and are familiar. And, and in, in the music business, they call those the money notes or the money songs. That's what people are paying money for you to hit. And, and for me, it's a guy like uh, a guy named David Phelps, who's a world-class tenor. And I can still remember the night 20 years ago, almost 21 years ago, my son was an, uh, an infant and I went to the, the Huntington Civic Center and he was singing with the vocal band that night and he sang Oh Holy Night, YouTube. It, he hits a high, he hits a high F sharp that's just off the charts for a man to be able, and I'm sitting there and Bob, it's a blowback moment. You've been in concerts where you, where you've literally been blown back by the power of what you just saw, whether it's a, a guitar solo, whether it's it's the money note or a song that just blew you back. Did you ever have nights performing that you felt that, that internal blowback yourself of, man, what we just did was, we did, we've never done it that way before. We've never performed that way before. Did you, did, is there a memory that comes to mind where that moment existed for you on stage performing? Well, I think there's more than one, but you know, I mean, when you, when you play enough shows, 
and you know from from the singing that you've done when you play enough there are just going to be days where you're a little bit off right but on the other end of the spectrum there are days where it's kind of like athletes talk about being in the zone right being in flow and there there are shows where it wasn't just one song it's like every every note of every song just went perfectly um you know i uh as i think about this you're 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 evoking some good memories we played um <laughs> it, it, where i live in ohio is in butler county and when i was a teenager the butler county fair had a talent competition and and i remember playing there and uh and they had everybody in every music category sort of mixed together. And, uh, and we had a four-piece band at that time, two guitars, a bass, and, and drums. And, and we, played, we played two songs. Our repertoire was not all that big. I'm, I'm like 15 or 16 years old. And uh, we played two songs. And, and then there were some other bands. And, and we did not realize that all these people that knew us from school had packed this place. And, and, and after these other performers were, were through, it, it was almost like a, um, was like the crowd was out of control chanting for us to come back to the stage <laughs> and play another couple of songs. And so the organizers, and, and we were done, right? I mean, yeah, we hadn't packed all of our stuff up yet, but but we were done. And um, and the uh, the organizers of the talent competition came to us and they said, "Listen, guys, um, you're going to have to go back and play another song, otherwise these people aren't going to go anywhere." And so I remember that encore. I almost it was almost like a blur, Brian. Yeah. But but I remember that encore. And I mean, the crowd going nuts. And that was one of the, yeah, that was one of the first times that you sort of realized what could happen as a musician when you, when you performed well. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that memory back. No, that, I haven't I, thought I, about that in a while. No, that, that is such a good memory. I want to park on something here. Let's take a quick break. And I want to park on something that you were talking about just a minute ago about practicing every day. As we bring this conversation home, that's what will help make you a memorable connector is the power of practice. I want Bob to hit on that. We'll be back in just a moment on this special edition, the People Buy From People series of the Intentional Encourager Pop podcast with Bob Sager. Back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew, and he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger 
deeper and more powerful connector, you've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up, Kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Bob, you hit on something a few minutes ago. Man, it was so good. The practice, practicing every day, getting your craft right, honing your craft. You have helped so many people in, in, your, in your business, Spearpoint Solutions. What comes to mind about being memorable and practice every day? Because here's where I want to go with this, this conversation is you don't show up and create memories for people, right? It, it takes practice. It takes repetition. It takes doing it. I, I want you to speak about the power of practice when it comes to creating memorable connection. Well, look, anything that you do repeatedly, you, you're going to improve that. And, and I want to, if for people watching this, it's very, very, um, it's almost like a human nature frailty for us to make excuses. We look at other people and, you know, and we say, oh, they're so lucky, right? Yeah. Well, luck, it, there is such a thing as luck, but I, I wouldn't count on that, right? I would not count on that to take you where you want to go. And, and I want to relate a story um, regarding that. When I was first learning to play guitar, I had, uh, I was sort of self-taught. So I had a book that uh, showed me finger positions on how to make the different chords and stuff. And there's a, a chord called an F chord, F like in Frank, that it requires a little bit of an unnatural position for your fingers to go because, and anybody that plays guitar knows this, but people that don't, don't. Your, two of your fingers are rounded and uh, the other one, your index finger is flat. That's kind of an unnatural position. And I remember, Brian, when I first started playing, no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't do it. And it was frustrating me. And I remember thinking, this is not possible. And, but I, I called BS on myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> I said, it's obviously possible. Other people can do it. You know, and if other people can do it, that tells me I can do it. And so I remember it was a, a Saturday morning after breakfast. I, I, I went up to, to my room where I was, uh, would, would always practice. And I remember saying to myself internally, I am not leaving this room until I can play an F chord. Whether that takes two minutes, two hours, or two days, I'm just going to do it. 
And so within less than two hours, I was doing it. And despite having practiced and tried over and over and over for weeks at a time. And, and I think there are two lessons to that. One, the prior practice went into helping me get there, right? Like I was already close to there. I just hadn't kind of gotten to the point where I could, where I could do it perfectly. And so the prior practice went into that. But the second factor is there's nothing more powerful than a made up mind. And so when you, when you make up your mind, you're going to do something, you will then put in the effort, despite any obstacles that are put in your pathway to do it. You'll overcome those, you know, you'll, you'll go around them. You'll go through them if you have to, but you will put in the practice. And, and that's probably the most important part of inspiring you to practice in order to get better is you've got to be determined on where you're going. And so yeah. many people in life, they're not purposeful. They wander. They hope things will work out, right? They, they hope to, they want to succeed, but they, but internally they're expecting not to. They're expecting to fail. They just, they just hope to get lucky and succeed. But you know what Seneca said about luck? Seneca said luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so, so good. Since, since opportunity is everywhere, Brian, all the time, what's the X factor? It's us. It's preparation. Yeah. yeah right? It's preparation. It's how we prepare. And I, and, and Bob, as you were, as you were talking about that, I was thinking, um, I had a good friend of mine, I sang with them and their family group. And, and I had sang three vocal parts in my couple stints with their group. And I didn't think I could sing the highest part in the group, the part my buddy sang. And he would say, man, I want to, I want to break. You sing this part. You sing the high part. And he kind of pushed me to sing the high part. Then when I left and we were doing our own thing, the higher parts, because I started to go, I can hit that note. I can hit that note. And I started pushing my range upward to where I was consistently hitting those upper end notes. I couldn't hit the, you know, for, for singers, and you may not understand this, but for a man, when you get up into a B flat or a B or a C range, you're starting to stretch your range. You go from chest tones, which is natural to a man, to head tones, which is natural for a woman. That's why women sing higher than men because the, 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 the tones are coming from the head in a woman and it's natural. And for a man, the tones come from the chest, which is more natural. That's why men have deeper voices. And so I was pushing myself into those head tones initially, but then those head tones became natural and I could bring them from the chest and hit those notes consistently. And it's the power of practice and, and, and doing that when you practice good connection, Bob, let, let's, let's pivot here for a second. You are a strong connector. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you be a part of this. And you were so gracious to do it. When you think about the memorable connections that you've created in your life, how important was the power of practice to you in creating those memorable connections? Oh, extremely. And I'll tell you why, Brian, because in a lot of ways, doing that doesn't come naturally. 
right? We are, as human beings, we're wired to survive and to thrive. And that means we have to care about ourselves. So in order to be an effective connector, though, you've got to sort of suspend temporarily that sense of, you know, I'm doing this for me. And, and think, in what ways can I add value to this person that I'm interacting with? And when you do that, that's where, that's where the magic realm comes from. Because when you do that, when you sort of put yourself and your ego aside temporarily and focus on what you can do for others, it's like a, um, it's like a circulatory system. Everything that you put out into the world ends up circling back to you anyway. And so when you think about it, by helping others achieve and by encouraging them, it, it, indirectly, you're creating your own good karma because all those good things come back to you, right? Yeah. You and I were having a conversation about this. Uh, and we were talking about how, you know, these good things, when you are helping other people like that and adding value to them in whatever way you can without a quid pro quo mindset, it's not a trade-off, yeah. right? It's not, yeah. I'll do this for you if you'll do this for me. It's, I'll do this for you. And then all of a sudden, by doing that, good things start coming to you seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and it's so important to understand that. And, and once you do, you enthusiastically add value to others whenever possible. Take me through the most memorable connection that you made with somebody other than a spouse or children family, things like that. What's the most memorable connection that you made that had the most impact on your life? Well, I, I don't know if this is necessarily the most one, but it's one that comes immediately to mind. There's a, a, a friend, mutual friend of ours named Kristen Sherry. And, and I recall when she was first, this is several years ago now, when she was um, coming up with her UMAP program, and that and that UMAP book has been out on the market, I think, for two and a half years, and it's still an international bestseller in multiple yeah. countries around the globe. But when she w had come up with that originally, she and I had had a conversation. I had talked with her about a few things. She alludes to that conversation in the forward to her book, Maximize 365, which is a new release of hers. Yeah. But... She has told me on more than one occasion, you know, you saw it before I did, how big a success this was going to be. And, and part of that came from, I do um, an elite business success group a couple of different times uh, through the year or throughout the years. And she was a member of that very first one. And I remember talking to her as a result of her being part of that group. And, and I remember telling her, how enormous that what she was doing with UMAP was going to be because of the impact it had on others. And so, you know, that's sort of a full circle kind of thing for her too, that she wanted to have success for herself, but through her experience, 
she realized that that was the only way to do it was to really add impact and value to others. And, uh, and sometimes you have to have somebody that, that uh, maybe sees that before you do. And, and, it, and it causes you, I think, to pursue it a little bit more aggressively. And when I say aggressively, I mean aggressively in a good way, right? Yeah. Not obnoxiously aggressive, but, but aggressive in that this is either for you or it's not. And if it's not, that's okay, right? But I'm not going to decide for you, right? You decide for you, but I'm surely going to give it everything I have to attempt to add value to you. Yeah. I got to, there's a burning question that's coming to mind. I've got to ask you this. How would Bob Sager now coach Bob Sager, who was selling Cadillacs in Cincinnati 35 plus years ago? If you walked on that car lot, if you could go back and walk on that car lot and see you then, how would you coach Bob Sager then? knowing what you know now and the, and the memories and the, the wealth of experience that you've garnered over those years in helping others be successful? Oh, yeah. First of all, I was a scared kid, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm 24 years old selling Cadillacs and Oldsmobiles to people that were, you know, more than double my age. And, uh, and so, I, you know, that was one of those experiences that if I could go back, and talk to myself from, from 35 years ago, I would say, you know, you got to have more confidence, right? People just, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. And so don't be obnoxious about it, but, but you got to have a little bit more confidence. Yeah. I remember my first day, my first day on the car sales lot and giving a demonstration uh, of the car to somebody, I remember having an anxiety attack, an anxiety attack where I thought I was going to pass out, Brian. Seriously, I, I couldn't breathe. It was, it was, I was so intimidated. By Being more nervous than playing in front of people because, you know, people would say, oh, I would get, I would just lose it if I had to, to, to perform in front of people. But did, you, you were, you were literally performing in air quotes for two people and, and, and you got more anxious and nervous uh, that than you did playing in front of uh, thousands of people. Yeah. Well, I think what, it, what happened was, is I, I wasn't sure I knew what the heck I was doing. Right. And I, I, you know, you practice it in your mind, but then when you physically get doing it, you, you start having those self doubt thoughts creep in and, and you go, well, am I remembering to talk about this? Am I, you know, am I saying this exactly right? And so as I think about that, Brian, maybe what I would have uh, told myself back then was just be yourself more, right? Just be yourself more. And, and, and you can be confident being yourself. I think when, it, you know, when you're trying to be somebody else, you know, I was trying to memorize uh, the, the walk around presentation that the dealer had taught me. And if I would have just been myself more, yeah, I would have been probably more confident. So yeah, that's an interesting memory to bring up. I, I got to ask you this, this last question, Bob, and I have loved our, I, frankly, 
for the audience, I love every conversation Bob and I have. We can talk about anything, literally, and we do. We do. I wore this sweatshirt for a reason because Bob's a lifelong Cincinnati Reds baseball fan, as I am a lifelong. And we also cry on each other's shoulders about our beloved Cincinnati Bengals, which we both are, are fans of the, the Cincinnati Bengals. But, Bob, I want to ask you this as, as we wrap this conversation up. Would you leave this audience with a piece of intentional encouragement about memorable connecting? Something I would say is just remember this one phrase. It's not about you. It's about them. And if you, if you get nothing else from this conversation, but that, it'll be worth your time to have tuned in and, and heard Brian and I talking about these different stories and different thoughts. It's not about you. It's about them. Because the only way to do things, to accomplish anything above average in life, Brian, is to take that approach, yeah. right? When you go out and you, and you make it about others, you know, the great Zig Ziglar, I think, was famous for saying, that the only way to get everything you want in life is to help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. Yeah. So do that, make it about others and, um, and help them succeed and you'll get everything that you want in life. You know, anytime that someone quotes Zig Ziglar to me, I, I, it, it, it invokes a warm spot in my heart. And I have been very fortunate that his son, Tom is a friend of mine and that we become friends. And I, I will tell Tom, I say, forgive me when I gush about your dad. And he says, no, no, please. You know, every time you talk about my dad, he becomes alive again in the, in the, in the memories and the thoughts and the hearts of people. And, and Bob, you were absolutely the right person to talk about this because you, brought up some things and shared some memories from your life today that was just absolutely powerful and, and, and present and, and was great. Please remind people where they can connect with you on your different platforms and tell folks about your elite business group that you have a couple times a year. Someone may be listening and say, that's exactly what I need. I know it's what you need. That's why I had Bob tell, I was going to, well, I'm going to have Bob tell you about it. Right. Listen, people can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's probably the best way. Um, you know, linkedin.com slash IN slash Bob Sager, B-O-B-S-A-G-E-R. And that's probably the best way. And, you know, this is pretty exciting, Brian, uh, because there's only so many hours in a day. And because I do that uh, elite business success group, the in-person version of it for a group of max five twice a year. That means there's only 10 people who can benefit from that. But what we have started to do is we now have an on-demand version of that, where it's sort of like the difference of, of Netflix versus live TV programming, right? So you can do it as your, as your schedule uh, permits. And so you can learn about goal setting that's effective. You can learn about creative thinking. You can learn about the psychology, sociology, and biology of what makes people take action versus not taking action, which is 
there's a lot of that, right? Yeah. And so by learning those things and learning to position either yourself as a solopreneur or position your company as um, you know as an entrepreneurial venture, um, you can learn a lot. But the other thing that I would encourage people to check out is our website, spearpointonline.com, because there they can learn, and this is, the solopreneurs can, can do this too, but it's more uh, for entrepreneurial organizations. We've got a strategies by subscription that as opposed to hiring me, and uh, you know, for the fee that, that I charge, they can get a, a, what is really a bargain price in comparison um, and, and they get three strategies developed by me. They're not custom, they're not proprietary, but developed by me every 30 days. And they're in the three categories of driving more traffic, differentiating yourself in the marketplace and finding new markets for your products and services. And that is a pretty big deal too. You know, when, when 90% of companies that start today are going to be out of business in five years, yeah. you better find something that's going to have you not be one of those, but rather, you know, one of the one out of 10. And don't forget his, his game show for business. And this is awesome. Don't forget what's the big idea that, that is, that that's gold right there. Because again, it, it, it pits business people against other business people. And, and it's, you, you've got to watch it as a contestant. You've got to watch it. And, uh, I, I'm honored that, that Bob used my voice for the beginning of the show. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I still have not sent him royalty checks. It was me that pays him to, to, to let that happen. But, uh, check out what's the big idea that on YouTube, correct? What's the big idea? Actually, what I would encourage people to do is we have a, a website where all the, uh, current episodes are there. And it's what's the big idea show.com. What's the big idea show.com. You've got to go check that out. It, it's fascinating. Bob keeps it moving and, and it's really, it's different and it's unique like Bob and it's freaking brilliant. Bob Sager, you are absolutely the best, my friend. I am so grateful for the time today. And thank you for joining me on this special edition, the people buy from people series of the intentional encourager podcast. Great to be here with you, Brian, and, and I hope your uh, listeners and viewers get a ton out of it. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.